Hey guys, welcome to Success Cards. And today we're with Brent Meredith, top covering topic number 34, business to business selling. Brent Meredith is someone who's a good friend of mine and also an investor in one of my other companies, GameTree. Uh, Brent is a very, very, very successful business to business salesperson. So I actually asked him if he would be the one to provide the quote that we put on the card. Uh, Brent, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. Uh, so your last company you were with was Amplitude, uh, which GameTree is a customer of, and you were the top salesperson, as I understand, and it rose to be a unicorn company very quickly. And now you're at Sneak, where I believe you said you were just in your first year, the top salesperson in the East Coast. And that again has gone to become, I would say, eight and a half billion dollar company within six years. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so guys, Brent, uh, thanks to him, is coming to share with you guys some information on business-to-business -business selling to supplement the information in the cards. Uh, so Brent, um, you had said that the most important thing about selling to another business is finding the person with the most pain around the problem your solution solves. Will you talk a little bit more around that? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're trying to sell into any sort of business, whether it's 12 people or uh, 10,000 people or more, you, you ideally want to find someone in that organization that would use your product. And if you're selling a product that's a competitor for another product, you'd, you're, you would imagine that your the person you're trying to sell to might be using one of those products. And what you want to identify is if they have any sort of pain with that product at all. You want to tell them what you do, but then start asking questions about how they do things. Right. And if you already know how your product is different or better, you can interject that right to this new person you've met. And by doing that, you're able to, you know, catch their interest because people don't care to talk to. They don't care unless you can solve a problem they have. Um, there are some instances where they don't know they have a problem, which you're probably selling a very innovative product, in which case um, you'll need to get them you know, hooked a little bit differently. You need to demonstrate value a little bit more quickly. And, and you can kind of imagine, um, let's just take a lumberjack, for example, and he's, uh, you know, he's in the 1800s and he's using an ax to chop down a tree. And I walk up to him and I say, hey, uh, I'm selling chainsaws. Uh, this will chop down the tree in, you know, 10 minutes versus however long it takes you to chop down that tree, two hours, three hours, four hours. And he's going to look at that chainsaw and be like, I have no idea. And I don't need that dozen. I can't swing that thing. And then I'm going to be like, hold on. I'm going to pull the chain and show him how it works. And then he's going to be like, oh, now I do have pain. So finding that pain is very, very important. Very interesting. So it sounds like identifying pain and also taking a broader view. And like you said, imagining the competition. Um, I'd like to dive into also how do you find out who these people are that have the pain point and actually get in touch with them? Yeah. So the first part about identifying um, the person you're selling to is understanding who buys your product typically. So it's going to take some um, you know, trial and error and you're going to need to reach out a lot of people in the tech uh, world that I work in. Uh, you know, we do a lot of our prospecting on LinkedIn. Uh, we'll search through LinkedIn. You can upgrade your LinkedIn to business accounts, which gives you more filtering options. It doesn't cost a lot. Um, it's a good investment. It'll able to see kind of who's who's who on LinkedIn. You don't necessarily need to pay for the extra one, but it helps. And then you can you know add those people or send them messages, uh, whatever you like. Um, 
and then from there, as you kind of start to book meetings that way, then you'll start to narrow it down to what your target market is. And you'll start to see patterns around the type of persona that tends to pay attention to your product and messaging. Hmm. Uh, diving into the card now. Um, so I wrote here, use a CRM customer relationship management system or document for lead tracking. Uh, what do you think about this? Um, will you elaborate on it? Yeah, so if you're if you're the business owner and you're starting off a small business or you're you know a large business that's up and running, you need some way to keep track of your customers, um, who they are, their contact information, the interactions you've had with them, and especially if they're spending money with you, you want to be able to keep track of that. So CRMs are uh, the, an acronym for Customer Relationship Management. Um, you may have heard of companies like Salesforce or uh, an up and comer called Braze. Uh, there's tons and tons of messaging systems out there that can integrate with these CRMs as well so that you can automate messaging through them in a marketing capacity. But essentially what they'll do is you will input their information or manually, or you can upload it in some cases depending on where you're keeping the data now, and it will, will store it there. But um, especially as your business grows, um, you wanna, you're want you gonna need to think about the people that are gonna be kind of coming in and helping you run this business in the future, and they need context of what's happened with that person or that uh, account, if you will. So generally in a CRM, if you're doing B2B sales, you'll have you know different accounts. Those are the companies you're trying to sell to. And then you'll have different people associated with them in that account. I find these are also useful in keeping track of your network, um, even just as an entrepreneur or a CEO or any business person, just to keep kind of keep notes on people over the years, because you never know when they're going to come back in handy or something might remind you about them. And if you don't keep this information logged, uh, then a lot of times it disappears. Yeah, that's uh, your little black book. So yeah. So another point is identify key decision makers and convert an internal evangelist to lobby your deal. Um, I guess we covered that a bit, but a question that pops out of that is um, how do you actually figure out the internal structure of the company? Like who actually is the one that has the pain point? Yeah, it ties back to the first question you're right um, around how do you, you know, sell something in the first place. You have to find the person that has pain or the group of people that have pain. And then generally, um, you know, businesses don't make decisions on their own. You reach out to someone and they say they want it. That doesn't mean they're going to buy it. You're going to have to build that person up um, and get them involved in your product and interested enough to bring their colleagues into the place because the chances of you getting a hold of the decision maker who actually has the budget depending on what you're selling to is pretty slim me i sell to really big companies it almost never happens i'm always dealing with someone lower and building my way up right and that person we call that person uh, the lingo for it in sales is your champion this person that is you know your right hand person at that company that is helping you, you know, figure out to navigate the company the structure how they buy how they try um, different things, in my case, try different software. Um, and if you don't have someone like that, it's very hard to get a deal done unless that company has an active project evaluating products like yours, and then you're involved in that evaluation. Uh, next up is introduce, introducing a small, simple deal first makes it easier to upgrade them later. What do you think about this? Yeah, so, you know, I've been selling for a very, very long time and 99% of the, the deals that I do are relatively smaller deployments in comparison to what the company could grow into. Most companies will not throw all their money at you um, for all of the product all at once. They're gonna buy 
a small portion or a testing or they'll call it a pilot or a, a proof of concept um, and they'll buy a smaller amount. They do this to protect themselves. They don't want to spend too much money on something in case it doesn't pan out, but um, kind of pull yourself back and try not to think about like, oh, you know, I could do this bigger deal. If you can, if you can get the smaller deal faster, 99% of the time you should take it because uh, a bird in the hand is better than two in the, in the bush, <laughs> if you will. And there's, a, there's also a phrase, a, a common saying in sales called time kills all deals. So if you, you want to get things done as quickly as possible, even if you can kind of see a larger deal down the line, it just might take a lot longer, take the smaller deal, build the relationship with the customer, help them get value from the product. And if they get value from the product, they're going to buy more. Great advice. So don't be too greedy and don't overwhelm them or try to sell something bigger. It's better to just hook something small and then use that as bait for something bigger. Exactly. All right. Uh, next up is you will need many meetings and each with a clear objective for what the next touch point will be. Follow up within 24 hours with thanks, a summary and action items. Yeah. So customer experience is really important. Um, you're going to go into these meetings and the people you may have never met, you just reached out to them on LinkedIn or email or you call them. Um, and you need to immediately create rapport. So you need to go into this call with some idea of what you want to accomplish because the person on the other end of the line might not know what they're there for or they might have taken the call like see what's up they have no idea what they're getting themselves into so you want to set the agenda uh, up front you want to say hey today uh, you know i want to ask you a few questions about how you're doing things today uh, and then i want to talk about our product so definitely ask a few questions about how they do things relating to your product today up front don't spend too much time on it um, but see if you can get a little bit of pain out and then you go into your presentation or your talk or whatever it is um, that's the meat of the meeting. And as you go through your slides, don't just kind of talk, don't just read through them and don't ask them to gauge. You want to say, you know, at certain sticking points, you want to say, what are your thoughts on this? Don't say, what do you think? Mm. Say, what are your thoughts? Um, it's, it just lands better and it gets more responses. And by asking those questions. Yeah, what do you think as a judgment? What are your thoughts is like an open-ended question. Yes. And if you ask them throughout the meeting, um, instead mm -hmm. of all up front, the, you're starting to pull different pain points out and you're starting to understand their business better. Wow. And so by the end of the meeting, you have your kill shot, right? So for example, I was on a call yesterday with a company that has a very immature uh, security program. And uh, he was starting listing competitors and, you know, I knew one of them was a, a larger competitor that's been around for a long time. And they, um, but I know that, you know, the product isn't quite as innovative or as good. That's, you know, why my company that I work at Sneak is growing so quickly. But he also mentioned a couple of competitors that I know could cause me trouble, which are smaller companies. So since he has a new, since I found out during that call that he has a new program that he's starting out, he needs help. I offered something called professional services. And I said, you know, sneak, you know, are a big enough company to have professional services. These people and these teams will come in and help you build out this program. This company can't help you do that. This company can't help you do that. Knowing full well that I was going to be able to disqualify in his mind out those smaller companies and leave me up against the larger competitor that I know I can beat because we're a more innovative product. And, you know, I kind of slimmed down my competition by doing that. So on that note, uh, going into the prompts on the card, asking yourself the questions to really challenge uh, yourself to think about these things and then getting your input on this. 
the first one is, what is your competition selling to your target? Uh, how do you think about this? Why is it important? So if you're selling a product and you don't know what else is out there, then you will seem ignorant. You will need to be kind of an expert in your field and what your product mm -hmm. does. So we'll go back to like the chainsaw uh, axe um, you know, scenario. Um, if you're going into that scenario and you're selling a chainsaw, you need to know how the axe works. You need to know why the axe isn't efficient. You should know how long it takes someone on average to chop down a tree so that you can say, hey, you know, if your team uses these chainsaws, you'll be able to cut down five times as many trees in the same amount of time and your revenue will go in, you know? Yeah. So it's very important to understand your competition and be able to talk mm. to it because if you can't, if you're going in blind, then, you know, you don't know what you're going to bump into. You might get lucky and you might not. Uh, next question is, what is the their decision making process, time frame, and budget? Uh, so this is a uh, a tougher one to get to, and it usually bumps into it the later end of larger deal cycles. So if your product is you know selling to large uh, businesses, you know anyone any kind of company over like a hundred or hundred fifty people is going to have some kind of decision process depending who you're selling to, and um, likely if you're selling on the company you're selling to it'll be like a vp or a cro or a cfo or maybe even a ceo that's signing off on it but um if you're especially you know trying to forecast your revenue for investors or you want to ipo it's very important for your sales team to understand in what time frame they think that deal could possibly come in and sign um so you need to understand you know, what's their process? Do they need to try the product or they can they just, you know, can they just sign up and pay for it? Um, do they have, uh, do they have to go through a legal review to use your product? Are there security concerns around using your product? That's more applicable to software usually. Um, and then how long does the actual signing process take? You might have someone tell you like, hey, the deal's done, we're ready to sign it. But the signing process at a 10,000 person company is sometimes seven people and can take a week or two. Um, so understanding all those things will help you not only with your sanity, but also if you're, you have really aggressive growth goals and you're forecasting to investors, this will help a lot. Mm. And last question here is how can you systematize and scale messaging and follow-ups? Yeah. So there's a variety of tools uh, that can help you do this. Uh, I mean, even, uh, Google calendar and Gmail, I think have reminder sets in them, but um, there's tools like outreach.io, uh, there's companies like Braze, um, and many others that can help you um, do sales marketing at scale, which means, you know, a salesperson can automate a series of emails that um, go out to the prospect, um, and they're very, very helpful. And, you know, if you depend on how many people you're talking to, these sorts of tools become really necessary because you will you, you might forget to follow up with somebody. There are also tools like hunter.io that can pull out email addresses associated with the web domain. Uh, do you use those as well? Hunter.io, um, um, zoom.info uh, zoom is probably the largest one in, in my field um, for collecting email addresses and phone numbers. Uh, there's another up and comer that I like called Lusha. Um, and yeah, they, you know, you, you find the people on LinkedIn or uh, however you're going to find them. And then um, the, these other tools will help you get their contact information, like email addresses and phone numbers. And in some cases, you might just be able to buy a Zoom Info license um, 
and you can just go in there and find people because they have tools that help you map out organizations too. Just LinkedIn is usually more up to date than their data is. Gotcha. Uh, well, that covers the card. Um, thank you so much, Brent. Do you have any other topics that we haven't discussed yet that you think are important tactics, strategies, actionable items that are important to know, but maybe less common knowledge, either intuitively or based on the common literature that people otherwise find out there? Yeah, I think sales, uh, when you're when you're selling in general, some salespeople can be overly aggressive and kind of not, um, not helpful. Um, and my mantra is always to give the people I'm talking to the best customer experience possible. Um, which means, you know, I talk to them on the phone, I talk to them on the calls, I get them what they need, but I'm, I go out of my way to make sure that I'm getting them what they need and being very transparent about it. Um, and, you know, a lot of times that means detailed follow-up emails, um, introducing them to, you know, people at my company that they need to meet to make a better decision for themselves, offering customer references so they can talk to other uh, happy customers, offering whatever I can to help them make the decision easier. Um, How important are case studies or being able to reference similar clients? It depends. Um, in my experience, they don't help as much as you might think. Um, they certainly create validation, but one of the worst things a salesperson can go into is saying, oh, hey, like we sell to this company, you're just like them, you probably have the same problems because they don't. They do mm -hmm. things differently, their operations are differently you know, you could read the company's entire 401k and still know nothing about how they would buy or use your product. So it's better to meet someone, talk to them and get that information out of them yourself so that you don't kind of, because that can also come across as rude. A last uh, question I would like to ask you following up is what do you think about relationships in the selling process? Um, I think they're very important, just uh, depending on what you're selling. If you're selling, you know, a heavily commoditized product, um, you know, like cloud storage, like Amazon, Google Cloud, um, relationships are very, very important because the products are not that differentiated. So these guys are out there making a ton of money, but they're also on the road a lot. They're taking these guys out golfing, they're going to bars and taking them out to dinner and, you know, whatever they can to earn that person's business and trust and they, they build friendships with these people. Um, that's not always the case, you know, relationships don't, sometimes people aren't interested in a relationship, they're interested in, will this product help me? And a lot of times, um, you know, that sales process is exactly what I just described is getting them all the information they need to make the best decision. Um, but relationships and them liking you does always matter. So you want to, whether it's on Zoom or in person, you want to seem likable. If you can get in front of them in person, you should probably do it um covid you know through a whole mess in that but people are starting to go back to in-person meetings and i mean a lot of them like business conferences like people are going around like it's it's back to business as usual in a lot of cases all right guys you heard it start selling brent thank you so 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 much for sharing all this wisdom with us Happy and to help, John. for the audience this will also be available as a youtube video a podcast and a blog post in case you'd ever like to subscribe to those platforms if it's ever more convenient uh, if you have any more questions uh, on this topic or would like to share any stories or tactics please post those in the comments and i and also brent will take a look down the road and also be able to give you some responses uh, but brent thank you so much again for being with us Good to be here thanks john